Welcome back to 901 Voices and Votes Podcast, brought to you by 118 Media. This is Kelly D. I'm Brother Jet. And I'm Pearl Walker. 901 Voices and Votes Podcast, where we're talking about everything community, politics, news, and your voice and votes and why it matters. All right. right. Welcome back to 901 Voices and Votes Podcast, brought to you by 118 Media LLC. And I'm Kelly D. I'm Brother Jet. And I'm Tony Hayes. And I tell you what, we have a show for you today. I know it's been a while since I've been here. And I yeah, that's why I took over the lead. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, like y'all are I so confused. I, yeah, we confused. <laughs> I was letting y'all battle it out. I yeah. was just sitting over here. He know the deal. <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> um, yeah, but at the end of the day, we got a special show for you today. We got one of our own. Uh, we're going to interview today because she is running for office. And you that's know? why I stepped in. In her place to interview her today. Yeah, I thought you were just stepping in like P. Diddy, but... Nah, no, no. All in the video. I ain't gonna let y'all be hard on our girl by y'all self. The hardest gangster, the hardest in the not the prankster. Come on, KP, tell us who who is joining us today for an interview. We have Madam Pearl Walker. She is in the house. Pearl, what's going on, girl? How y'all doing? It's great to be here in this seat today. <laughs> in the hot seat, too. In the hot seat, Pearl. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it's very rare that the host of a show gets on her own show to be in the hot seat. Right. Cause this, yeah, because, you know, our question is going to be a lie. <laughs> this old whole boy. I'm ready. Day, I've been looking forward. Madam C.J. Pearl Walker. And we, we and, and you know, we purposely kind of scheduled this the way that we did because we know we are it's voting time and we most definitely want to make sure that people get out and vote make their voices heard we have ran almost all of the politicians through this show over the past seven or eight months we've had a few that we have invited that declined and that's fine and that's fine but for the most part, we've had almost everybody come on this show to talk about their platform. So we purposely hailed Pearl to be our very last candidate because she is one of our own. And even outside of that, please do not think that we are going to hold back with the District 3 questions. So come on, KP. What's your first question for Pearl Walker? Well, actually, Chet, do your spiel. You normally you do your spiel. Yeah, like you know, do your see, spiel. we it ain't been that long. Yeah, and Pearl, but see, it's hard for me to do my spiel because Pearl knows the spiel. But for the people out there listening, we gotta be. You gotta still be writing in order, I guess. Right. Yeah. Girl, ain't nobody special. <laughs> she ain't nobody special. special. She finna get these hands. Come what, on with it. I'm what, ready. What, what Come Pearl, on. Well, well, what, what I want Pearl to do is introduce herself to the audience. And with that being said, because Pearl, I believe you've run for mayor before as well, right? Good God. I didn't know that one. Mm-hmm. I ran for council, Super District 8 1. Um, that seat is currently held by JB Smiley. Okay. Okay. Well, what what like the mayor's race? Okay. But anyway, what, what, what I would like for you Mayor, to Mayor, I'm so flattered. Wow. I think you started out once or something. Maybe just didn't decide to make it official or something. There was something there. But anyway, we won't we won't get into that. <laughs> we won't get into that. That sounds so personal. No, no. <laughs> 
They already. Come already. on. But anyway, yeah, I just want the people to, to okay, Pearl is running for uh, city council district three. 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 Mm-hmm. Pearl running for city council district three, and that district, we'll let her tell what that district covers later. First of all, before all we that. start doing that, let Pearl tell her about herself. Right. She's let the- her brag on herself and all the accolades. Um, that she does, you know. Normally on this show, how we do, we like to let our guests, you know, brag on that stuff a little bit. Pearl, come on, brag on a little bit because you got a lot to tell. You know, you're environmentalist. You to save the whales or, or the Mississippi River and everything. Thank you for that. So once again, I'm Pearl Walker, candidate for Memphis City Council District Three, and District Three is the east side of the world famous Elvis Presley Boulevard, coming across, taking in Oak Haven. Most of Hickory Hill, parts of Parkway Village and Fox Meadows. This so, seat is currently held by Councilwoman Patrice Robinson, and mm, she's rolling off due to term limits. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> also, why am I running? I'm running to. Uh, 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 Pearl. She's going to interview herself. You said brag on yourself. Right, yeah, brag. Oh, no, this is about you. Not, it's not. You don't have to tell us why you're running in this part. We, we ain't got to that for you. What, okay. what makes you qualified right. to be able to for, right. for us to want to pick you for District Three? Why are you here? How do you get to be here? Pearl acting brand new up in here. Okay, some of my background includes. Um, I'm a proud affair. I'm a proud Fairly alumni. Is that I the am Fairly Bulldogs? currently vice president of the alumni association. I'm an alumni of the University of Memphis. My bachelor's is in race relations and interracial communications. I'm a leaders of color alumni, double leadership Memphis alumni, and also, what, what? (laughs) Emerged Tennessee alumni. I am founder and executive director of the Isle of Whitehaven Neighborhood and Business Association. Our business is uplifting neighborhoods by supporting small businesses. That's all I'm talking about, Pearl. Okay, good stuff. So you went to the University of Memphis? Yes. Not number one on? No. Okay, just checking. Yeah. I wanted to. I went to the University of Memphis as well. Yeah, and it shows. <laughs> Every day. I wanted to. I, if I go get a higher degree, I'm going to Lamont on. We don't want you. Pearl. You said something earlier um, about you. You were a Fairly Bulldog. Is that is it the Bulldogs? Yes, correct. Okay, okay Fairly Bulldogs. That's that's a big school here in Memphis. Orange Tennessee. and white. Orange and white. Orange and white. R- orange and white. Yep. Orange, black, and white. Oh, okay. Okay, you now don't get snobby. Cal- <laughs> Halloween plus white. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. All right, Pearl. Um, now your area that you're covering now is going to be the Hickory Hill area. Part of. It- Harvest a portion of Whitehaven, Hickory Hill, Oak Haven, Fox Meadows, and Parkway Village. So we're where we're sitting at right now. We're in the district. We're mm-hmm. in the district. Yes. You at home. Doing the work. Yes. With us, doing the work. Mm-hmm. Tell us some of the other things that you've been working on here in the city. Because you, you didn't mention about your work with the environment here in the community, uh, which you know most people may not know about me. But I'm a big environmentalist, even though some people say I'm a conservative, which I am a conservative. Mm-hmm. But I really big on the environment because I know the earth, we only get one of them and we need to take care of her and protect her like you would do your own mother. Okay, I am the community engagement consultant for SACE. That's the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy. We're based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. We promote clean, affordable, and renewable energy options in the southwest 
portion of the United States. We actually cover um, seven states. Here locally, we were partners in establishing the Share the Pennies program with MLGW, where you can round your um, utility bill up to the next dollar amount. And those um, pennies will go toward supporting households who are challenged with paying their utility bills, as well as some weatherization opportunities. And with respect to the Utility bills. A lot of people are challenged with that here. Memphis has the highest energy burden in the country. And energy burden is the percentage of your household income that goes toward your utility bill. The national average is about 3.2%, and the Memphis average is about 6.4%. Oh, Oh, wow. That's double. I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but can you tell me why that is? Part of it is the poverty is the extreme poverty here. Because we're poor. Yeah, and then also... Poor people tend to more so live in dwellings that are not as fuel efficient, which contributes to a higher higher bill, thus the higher cost. And our bills are actually getting ready to go up. Yeah, they are, too. Um, And the reason why I ask that question, because you you say you're now or you you help bring that pennies for. Our, our organization did. We we are a nonprofit, okay. and our executive director is Dr. Um, Stephen Smith. And so the home office is in Knoxville. I actually got to visit finally for the first time um, this summer. Yeah, because you've been out of town lately too. You've been you. I mean, I thought you were running for governor or the president because you in our town fundraising stuff. Um, but uh, you know uh, that program I think uh, is very important and it shows a lot to your character about what kind of person you are. Um, now, me personally, I, I can't really, I can't afford to give no pennies to that. Uh, I would like to, wow, um, but I can't afford it because my bill is really high right now. Um, yeah, it's like six point four percent higher. Right, <laughs> I'm almost, in, I'm almost right now in the need of that, <laughs> bro. How can I apply for that? <laughs> um, but what, what, what I can I, send you hmm. a link, and it's on the MLGW website. Share the pennies, or you can just Google share the pennies. Yeah, no, I was just kidding. Okay, and, but and, someone may need the information. Who? Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's, I'm glad that's why I really asked that question. <laughs> Share the pennies, right? Share the, share the pennies. pennies. Share the pennies.com or just, uh, just, Google just share the pennies, the pennies and, okay. it'll and it'll take you, take you to, to that page on the MLGW website. Or you can just send Kelly Price to check over this uh, 6 to 10 night on a road, sweet two. <laughs> oh, okay. And and I did, before I move to the next question, what was the number um, opposite of the 6.4%? I know that was the high. And 32 okay. is the national average. 3.2 is the national. He's writing that down. Mike. Okay. Yeah, because that's, I want to use that for other things. That's a good number. That's good information for me to know on some other work that I'm doing. Uh, Pearl, I know there's a question. That, that's a question that we, we always ask every candidate here, and I've been actually waiting to ask you this question, right, to see where you are on this um, and, and to see how you answer the question. What would be, in, in your race, in your district, what would be your pathway to victory? So the pathway to victory has been um, engaging the public, disseminating information about myself, the district, the race, and my platform to as many platforms as possible. Um, there's a there's a price tag with running a campaign and, and messaging and 
the more money you raise, the more the larger the reach you can have and the more people you can reach. So when you have what my campaign is identified as a grassroots campaign and you have to just be creative and just try to engage as many people as possible. Like I said, on a variety of platforms, some of the platforms are free, some of them cost and some of the mediums, you know, they cost money like like the signs and commercials and things like that. Yeah, I've seen that sign up signs. Your signs been up a little bit all around town, though. Uh, some I seen somebody had a sign, a Pearl Walker sign in Bartlett. I was like, said, <laughs> what are the what? I what? just that was a Pearl Walker. <laughs> there was a Pearl Walker sign in Bartlett. I was like, what, Andy? Well, it just it must have been somebody you knew, and they just wanted to put the sign out. Um, I've what, done, was it a yard sign? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's possible. Yeah, because I've done it before. I've done it yeah. before. Too. I lived in Germantown. I had a uh, Wanda Halbert sign when she was running for right. school board uh, mm-hmm. way back when. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, but that's good. I'm glad the message is getting out. Um, but the some of the challenges facing your district. Tell us some of that. Some of the challenges facing District 3, from my perspective, is the lack of information. And that's one of my um, campaign bullets, Um, keeping citizens informed, closing the information gap, keeping District 3 informed is is one thing to not to make a choice based on information. But when you don't have the opportunity to base to make a choice because you didn't have the information. And that's one thing that I'm adamant about. I'm already doing community engagement, and I'm hearing that a lot. You know, they didn't know about this. They didn't know about that. The city has a good website. It was recently upgraded. You can go there and sign up and receive updates via email. But a lot of our citizens, especially our mature-age citizens, who are definitely active voters, um, they don't receive the information. They're not online or not as many of them are online. When they are, they tend to be less tech savvy. And then also, um, I'm a former library employee, and we have free classes for seniors, computer classes at the library. But once again, going back to the information and to tie that into your question, one of the challenges is just basic information about what's going on in the city as well as opportunity. And how to get help and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and, and really, I have I really do have a vested interest in your race because, you know, my academy is right up the street up here in Hickory Hill. Um, so the things that happen is to the citizens or the, the people in this area also happen to some of the students that come to my, my uh, Saturday class. But the problem, you know, I think is, like you said, is getting information out. And um, so, I don't. I don't think the city does a good job of that. I, I really I, think they do a horrible, a horrible job. job. I wanted to say that. From no, I said, the, I said the website is good. Oh, their website still sucks too. Yeah, it sucks too. But yeah. okay. and when y'all when y'all but say you can suck, still you can still sign, you can still sign up and get updates. And so you, to me, yeah, the, that's better than nothing. Now, upon being elected, I do want to caucus with certain people about how it can be improved, Tony, and be even better, as well as the communication Because um, it's hard department. to navigate that thing. And, and, and that's why I, I, I found that to be, too. I thought I was just mm-hmm. the slow one here. but Well, you are slow. But, yeah, yeah, and that's why I wanted to say, <laughs> rather than just saying it sucked, then what are some of the issues? Oh, what it's, hard, it's hard to navigate. Can't find information. Can't find information. The links don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because we sit here with a candidate, right? So we want 
them to sure, know exactly sure. what the people are thinking. Um, write that down. Oh, I can look. And, I can and, write a long list down. Yeah. <laughs> and also engaging some of the good old fashioned things like church bulletins. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yes. Because everybody, especially when it comes, like you were saying, to our seniors, everybody. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, "Well, I'm gonna have a Zoom." She said, "Baby." Everybody don't zoom zoom, and I was like, zoom, "Okay." Zoom. She yeah. said, "Zoom." She zoom. said, "Zoom." zoom so zoom. everybody don't zoom zoom. You don't zoom zoom to my zoom zoom. <laughs> you know, on, so zoom, I understand zoom, that zoom. there has to be clear communication uh, to in various aspects of communication via radio, television, news bulletins. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not going to get that's that. what and, I was going to get into the radio um, aspect into the media. Um, so ABC twenty four, they had a meeting at the Whitehaven Branch Library early, earlier this year with the community. And that was one of the things that I asked them about was the good old-fashioned PSA announcements. They say they still do them. And so I want to take advantage of that that's as good. well as any other stations who are willing to do that. Because yeah. we need to do some PSAs about this litter. We, we really oh need PSAs. Um, I was, gonna, For I was actually going to suggest that radio station just – Quick blurbs or something like you do a station identification or something. Well, radio stations is good, um, but the problem with the problem with radio stations now in this time and age, it shows like ours is really gets all the hits the internet. But the what you're talking about with the tw- with the TV stations, they still do them, but it's real weird how it gets out there. Yeah, it's it's really quick. But that's why public television is still mm. so important, right? Um, because as growing up as a kid, man, I didn't have but three channels. Um, until we got that big satellite disc. Uh, I mean, that thing was so huge. Uh, I thought NASA moved in. Uh, right. But we had ABC, CBS, and NBC in public. Um, Why am I pitching? The Fantastic Four, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Why am I pitching you turning your head sideways trying to watch that scramble channel? But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we had an antenna on the side of the house and everything, and then... You know, my dad broke down when he seen everybody else getting them big, them big old things and let it come from NASA, baby. But you could get every channel in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it is, we we have got to keep we. Our community is poorly informed, yeah. and th- and that is how that this government, man, Shelby County and Memphis, are hoodwinking the community. I mean, be honest with you. They're using it to function, right? To make its decision, and and to to that because your point is to Pearl's point in the beginning, information, and and that's something that I've been saying for years. A person's choices is only as good as his information. Only can exactly. only be for you know. can only be as good as the information they receive, and we have been <laughs> shortchanging people on information intentionally, intentionally, yeah. intentionally. Because even right now, I've always said this. People, most politicians don't want a lot of people to come vote. Yeah, and then it sounds good for pats on the back and likes to just say people don't vote. Right. People don't come out and vote. People don't come, you know, low voting education and stuff like right. that. When you use that to benefit yourself, right? Because they because they 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 want a low turnout because that way they've 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 gotten lazy. That way they don't have to target everybody. Um, I yeah. use the mindset like what John Ford used to do, just door to door, knocking on doors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's Council Pearl. What are city council? Uh, yeah, city council, <laughs> city council, and and I know you're you're one member. When we get into this, this is not a district thing, but it is a crime thing and a crime issue. And you mentioned libraries and informations and and things like that. Some citizens, senior citizens, or some people don't want to come outside of their house to even get information because of the threat of violence and crime. Um, 
within the city. You do you offer or have anything working right that you're going to present to police or the council to help deal with some of those issues? Well, I have received support from um, the Memphis Police Association, and I want to make the point that there are two retired MPD officers in my race, only one of which received support from um, MPD. So I was real um, excited when they called. I actually, because the person that called me, I know them. And um, I said, well, you know, it's two retired MPD officers in my race. And it was like, yeah, we know that. And we want to talk to you. So um, we had a great conversation, and I would like to continue that conversation with them surrounding um, a variety of things um, as it relates to – I know you're, you're trying to ask me about crime indirectly. Uh, no, not really. I'm trying to ask you the question you're answering is, is – you're answering my question right, right? Are, you have contacted people, and that is a concern of yours or how – because – Crime, we know we know what it is, right? We do. And, and in your position, how can you help to affect that? And you like, you, what are you starting on answering that? Right. Like, now. what is your vision? And like, you want to offer it to the police? This is what I think we should do. You know, what I'm saying like a solution. Well, well, of course we should be, you know, tough on. I think violent criminals, and then simultaneously we need to practice some um, intervention and preventative measures to cut down on this recidivism rate. And um, I'm actually a part of an organization called Inward Journey. One of the founders was our guest earlier in the year, Aaron Lewis. And um, we had a three-day weekend intake with um, Chef Bonner, Judge Sugarman, and the newly elected, yeah, newly elected Judge Sugarman and D.A. Mulroy. And in this, it was like a, I guess you could say like a seminar or workshop, but we had people there from street organizations, um, mental health professionals, and... Was that advertised, that meeting? It was private. This was private. See, that's the other part to that. Wait, hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. This was what we did. This was not something for the public. This was an intimate setting. So these three elected officials that we mentioned... And they had staffers with them so we could caucus and share with them more about the work that we do. And so what it let me finish and then you can come in however you like. So we shared with them about the work that we do and there were people present. We there's another organization called Inside Circle and they do the same type of work that we do. And some of their members are part of Inward Journey here in Memphis, Inside Circle, their work, by and large, more specifically deals with incarcerated individuals. And so that's the point of coming together and the three elected officials that I had mentioned. And the success rate is zero recidivism. And so earlier this year, um, well, it started back in the fall with what I just told you about the three-day Intake And from there, there had been caucusing and communications. And um, I'm pleased to share that the Shelby County government is um, they signed on board with this program. Certainly, we can't service all of the incarcerated individuals under um, under currently under um, Shelby County, but we can start somewhere. And then at some point, 
with the help of the county commission, is going to be a part of the juvenile court system. And so to answer your question about what am I doing personally, that's something that I've been involved in. Um, there's a documentary made about the work that we do. We showed it. We've shown it publicly a few times in the past two years, free of cost. And so that's some of the work. But getting down to the but the, the documentary it, does cost to, to view. On it. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. We even sh- we even showed it at the um, Malco on the square, and it was free and no, open for, to the public. For someone who's listening to this, you can't just Google that and access the the documentary and watch it. You there are trailers and you can purchase purchase okay. it. Yeah, that's what. I'm but it it deals with um, mitigating, ident- helping people identify and mitigate trauma. And I am a faci- trained facilitator to help individuals do that. So that's something. So on the city side, because everything everybody I mentioned, all those were county mm-hmm. elected officials. And so on the city side, I would like to. We may not do it the same exact way with the three three days but on the city side i want to present this as well okay and kelly you are yeah um i I think all that is fine and dandy uh and and i'm for it don't get me wrong i'm for it i'm very excited about that kind of work um but you didn't answer the question Uh, i'm just gonna be honest not for my liking um in this community we have a crime problem um, so and, ask the question oh, 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 the way you want it to be asked Because I did just, answer his question th- th- Let me get you there Let's go the, the problem the problem that we have with crime in this city right, Is not about what incar- People incarceration That's that's where it's at right? But we have well, I think if I'm not, I was trying to put the number There's 400 and some it's, I forget the juvenile number Of youth Because that's where our larger our crime is coming in at Right where are we at with preventing the crime before we get there? Um, th- those are the kind of things that I'm interested in hearing about. I said innovation, intervention, and prevention. I did say that. Yeah, but prevention. See, the problem, the problem with you're saying to me, Pearl, is that we always talk about prevention at the end. Prevention should be the first. Not all. You said all. All right. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Okay. And, so and, you can and, cut across us, but we can't cut across you. Dude, okay. I, I oh, go oh, ahead, Jed. Go I'll ahead, Jed. Five minutes to talk about that. Okay. I didn't say a word. I sat back and said a word. But you made expression. Yeah, did. I, I didn't say a word. You, you were still communicating. <laughs> the listeners couldn't that, see it. That what that that you were, but he didn't say a word for five minutes. We had that time, but anyway. The uh, and I just want to say something. For so let's talk. You want to co- talk about prevention? Yeah, we could talk about okay. prevention, but but for correction and for the um, duty of the show here, that most of the crime that we're experiencing is not actually juvenile crime. Most of what we're hearing in the media is most of the crime is between twenty one and twenty eight year olds. That's the bulk of the violent crime that's going on. We do have a juvenile problem because that's where you need to cut the crime off at. And so that's why the focus is there. But when we say most of the crime, it is young adults. But go ahead, um, Pearl. So as far as preventative measures, um, you know, we have the Department of Youth services with the city under the leadership of Ike Griffin. We have boys and girls clubs and we have some other an endless number of programs going on into the city. Um, Mayor Strickland is leaving us with the a balanced budget. So we'll be in the black and we're going to have this $50 million surplus over the next several years. 
And of course, that's did they already be... spend that on police or something though? Right, I, that's what everybody I that keeps it, talking about everybody... that same fifty million dollars. They we got we're gonna do the entertainment thing. We got a fifty million dollar surplus. I'm like, well, 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 that 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 should be cut more in half by now. So with the fifty million dollars, I know that the pie is not going to be cut exactly the same. But I would like to see, and I will be advocating for a percentage of that to go toward investing in our young people. And one thing is these existing programs like um, the MAP program under Youth Services and some others, the ones that are working, that have an established track record of working, being successful, um, there's data to show that. I want to advocate investing in them more and expanding those programs. The ones that seem to be struggling and they're not doing as well, they're not as effective. Let's take a deep dive and see why that is. And if they can become better and make improvements and be and make a more meaningful impact with our young people, I think that they deserve investment as well. And then also, um, you mentioned that demographic from 21 to 28. So certainly the MAP program, that's dealing with school-aged children. But after, after once they become adults, there are fewer programs for our young adults. And so I would like to see more for them. Um, and going on into across to age 35, taking in the millennials, there's not the same type of programming out there for our young adults. Mm-hmm. And they and that, that age group tend to listen to the same music. They tend to go to the same clubs and parties. So, you know, that they are interacting with each other. So they should have access to those same types of uh, program if they seek them out and if they, you know, if they need them and want them. Uh, Pearl, another question I have here because sometimes we get to going about things that should be done, need to be done, and that you ought to do or whatever. Explain to me. How does the because there there are other people who are going to appreciate the answer to this question, although they may not ever ask it. Uh, explain to me how does the council work? Because I know you're one voice, one vote, one member of a several pupil body, right? So how does the council work? If you have, if you want to do a thing with Inward Journey that's doing a great thing in the community, what is that process? So the process would be, there, there are a few options. The process would be to request a meeting with the council and do a presentation and let them know more about it that way. And that's a private uh, meeting of the body. With the, so you yeah. could have a meeting with the council. It could be, so you, d- you don't have meetings during public session. Okay. So if it's a meeting, it would have to be private. That's fine. And yeah. you do a presentation. But also... The council has different committees that each council person serves on a few different committees like public works, the budget committee, um, parks and recreation, tourism, and and there are others. So you can request a meeting with the entire council. You can request a meeting with a certain committee or committees that um, you feel are relevant to the topic that you are that you're wanting to present. Can also, okay. you can um, correspond in writing about it as well. Okay, and then you, you, when you bring it to the council in your in your meeting, then you kind of get 
who gauge who's for this, who agree, who's agreeable to this, mm-hmm. or you fix it until they're agreeable. Then you bring it to council. So, so what you would want to do? So, what you would want to do is um, have a meeting where it is open for questions. You want them to engage mm-hmm. you with questions, but as far as coming before the council for them to vote on, on on the outside, mm-hmm. that's not done from the outside. So the council would have to make a decision at some point if they want to develop a, a resolution or ordinance around this. But what, but what I'm speaking to is not, um, that's not required. So what you would want them to do is um, find a way to put it in the budget so it could be funded. That, that's what I, that's mm-hmm. what I was about to get at next because the council, I know you, agree to things that the mayor wants to spend on and things like that. Now, when the council invents these things, then it's done the same way. The council agrees to put it in the budget it, or the mayor has to approve or what? Yeah, so it has to be, you know, all great, as I say, all great ideas have a price tag. So mm-hmm. it would have to fall within a certain existing budget, and then there there's, I guess I could call it other things mm-hmm. that they – um, a funding source that they have li- liberty of disseminating in their respective districts. And they can also share it outside of their district. Let's say I was a council person and all of my funds had been exhausted, but you had something left and I thought it was a good idea and you were willing to give a portion of your mm. your share toward this idea. But the council meets, the public meeting is every, for the most part, and the schedule is online, but for the most part, they meet every other Tuesday, the public meeting at 3.30. And they have an agenda that is published beforehand. They have copies that they give out at the meeting. And that's when they conduct um, the most significant part of the business, when they're, when they're hearing items and voting on items. And that day, all that day, they are caucusing the different committees and people can pre- present to the committees um, on these different items. One thing that the council votes on, and I, we didn't receive one question about this in the um, council, um, the council forums, and that was on zoning. Um, a lot of the, most of the questions really didn't, you know, deal with the specific work that the council does. But that's one thing that we vote on, the, that the council votes on quite a bit, and that's um, zoning laws. And so, yeah, so that's some of the does work. The council, I'm sorry, does the council have a final vote on those zoning laws, or can the mayor supersede those? It depends on what it is, but the mayor can't um, always supersede. Yeah. Okay. So y'all can have a nine vote council of yes, this should be zoned commercial. And then the mayor can come in and say no. Yeah. But that, that usually doesn't happen. They probably won't do that. Yeah. That that usually doesn't happen. Yeah. So we were talking about the funding. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because I just had one question about that funding. in a college 
course right here, and I seen muscles pumping out his tricep that I only see at the gym, right? <laughs> so, he, so he went in. I want to hear it. <laughs> the funding, because I don't think you were very specific. Mm-hmm. How much does each council member get each year to towards that discretionary funding for, say, for instance, a nonprofit, a group, or something like that? To my knowledge, it varies from one year to the next, but it could be like two hundred thousand dollars or okay, you know, something. Because it was allotted at the early was allotted early um, part of the year. Okay, so that that's for curl for, for pearls project, right? Mm-hmm. So each council okay. member gets it. Now, do super districts out of curiosity? Everybody that's, gets that's the same equal. thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets same thing. Mm-hmm. So you can get two hundred thousand. A city council person gets basically, we'll just roughly say. $200,000 a year for discretionary purpose of funding projects, things within their district, nonprofits, things like that. And, and, uh, and who's accountable for those dollars? And um, also the city council has a grant that they award. Um, that window mm-hmm. is in the spring, so you can, uh, you can apply for the grant. Uh, I want you to specify that question it's a good question but you said who's responsible who's who's the overseer of that the person whose money it is yeah or or no well, it's I'm ta- saying what are you saying is it taxpayer money oh, it is taxpayer. Yeah, most oh, definitely. Yeah. oh it's taxpayer money uh, but, but you're talking okay, about that's these, what the, i want the, you to the, do the, yeah. the question is is taxpayers money but who is the overseer of that other than the council person whose money who gets it's, the it's money. not their money it's what they're. I said, who gets the money? Who receives the money? They're the only ones that authorize the where the allocation of money goes. But who is overseeing that money? Okay. To say, okay, for let me give you a good example. Of what I'm talking about. Let's say that um, Pearl gives um, me fifty thousand dollars to X, Y, and Z um, nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. So if you continue to give that same nonprofit, who is saying that these people are actually doing the work? Not to say that you would do that. But the, but I I know where I'm going with this because I already know. Mm. So what what validates what they're doing with it? Because the question was raised a couple of years ago mm. in the county commission. Is the reason why I'm saying that. I I I think I let Pearl answer, but I think Pearl answered that earlier when she was talking about. Well, Pearl, you answered the question because you. I think, yeah, you answered the question. I don't have a specific answer to that question. What I do know is that there is subsequent. Um, filings with regard to um, with regard to how the money was used, the grants. So that's what I know. But I'd be glad to follow up with oh. you on, on offline and get that information. Well, the county commission works a little different, but I will tell you like this: that money, when it goes, whenever that commissioner, whoever decides to whatever they give it to, there is no oversight committee, mm-hmm. and there's no checks and balances. That's part of the problem. And that mm-hmm. was brought up a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in county commission because there was no checks and balances about where our money goes. Same thing like most of the money in this city and the county. Um, there's no accountability. Um, once the money is given out, there's no one asking the, the city council to go back or the county commission to go back and say, hey, how did you use those funds? Mm, an accountability process in regards right. to how the funds were allocated. And the reason why we don't have that. Okay, I was getting ready to say I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even interested in having that. But in, in that case... That I would like. Oh, I that. most definitely that, would like to know if you. I know gave everybody would a hundred thousand dollars to this same nonprofit say. over and over and over again. How did they use those? Yeah, you said in that scenario. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying I would in general. Most definitely like to know. I'm saying in general. That's what I was going to say. But in the case of 
coming back at the end of the session of year say, hey, how did that go? How is this going? That makes sense. Um, so with the community lift grant, and this is not the city or county government, but my nonprofit um, has been awarded that grant. This is our fifth or sixth consecutive year. And so every year we have to um, file a report, a budget report as to what we did um, a lot of times it, it can be the exact budget that you originally presented but as in our case there's always something that's been adjusted maybe we didn't spend quite this much on um, tables and chairs and we spent a little more on marketing but for the community lift grant um, that's what they have us to do is to submit another budget after the fact as to how we spent the funds. And that's and so the budget is submitted to the council person? No, I'm saying or, this is not city or county or government. Oh, she's talking about another group. Oh, I'm yeah. just giving, giving an example. example. Uh-huh. Okay. It, it works about, the, I, I'm assuming it works about the same way that you would, exactly. you would think that it would submit a, some kind of steward report to a audit committee to ensure that the money went where it was supposed to go, but knowing government, it does not. Or yeah, or at the very least, each council member has a report card no, system you, or whatever. Well, no, you um, no people cannot be allowed to check themselves. Well, if I could, if I if I walk through where we can go, we can end up going with that. Then the we will be and, and outside the reason, of the and interview. And the reason why I say, and we're, we're staying on task, mm-hmm. but the reason because this is something that Pearl, we would hope that you would take to the council with you. That, that, that I just I just want to receive as many questions as possible. That's all. That, that was a good question. Yeah, it was a good question. Very good question. So would you be open to taking that to the council? Hey, guys, for all of us who received this X amount of dollars of money, do we, you know, have? can we come up with a way for the body to actually make sure that the pub, that, that money is being useful and used properly? To be good stewards of the people's yeah. money. And you take that to the council, and hopefully everybody don't get mad at you and kick you out the next council. But <laughs> You know, that'd be good work for you. So let's talk about the race. So we've talked about the areas that you cover in District 3, and it's a lot of areas. And we've talked about what your pathway to victory is. But what would, in your first 100 days of being in council, Outside of trying to, we know you got to get acclimated and all that, but what init- What would be one of the first initiatives that you would push within your first 100 days within council? One of the first one of my, one of the things in my first 100 days of council is looking into this um, information piece and finding more about the website and the getting with the communications department. I've already mentioned that. Secondly, I would like to, get more familiar with my colleagues. Anything that I bring forth, I'm going to need six votes in addition to my one vote for seven votes. And so that's a very important part of the work. Um, I know all the returning council people and most of the, I would say everyone who will, that is likely to get elected. I know them as well. And so you're going to have to be able to have relationships across party lines. I want to know who's on board with the things that are important to me and just establish those relationships and build those coalitions around um, the common interests and common goals. What, you said something a second ago. Um, what is important to you? 
what's important to me. Yeah, you, you mentioned that a second ago. I want to build a relationship with people and what's important to me. So as a city councilor, what is important to you? What's important to me is lowering the poverty rate in Memphis. Um, we all know that we have this very high poverty rate. Um, we have blue oval coming, and I think it's important to have these blue jobs. But as it relates to my environmental that one. Gr- background, we have green jobs that are available, too. So I want to help the community get these green, these blue jobs, green jobs, and any other color jobs that are out there. Um, clean Blue jobs and green jobs for black people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so clean and safe neighborhoods, those are important as well. There's a documented um, data database um, sec- intersectionality between clean neighborhoods and crime. And so when we are addressing the, the blight, the litter, the illegal dumping, um, those those things will lower crime in an area. And so that's also connected to the environment. And I just want to mention the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, is the biggest piece of environmental legislation. To date, it was passed by President Biden in August of last year, went into effect January 1 of this year. And um, Energy Secretary Jennifer Groholm was here Earlier this summer, and I had the opportunity to talk with her after her presentation, and she, you know, just talked about the jobs um, as we're embarking on this clean energy transition in the country. So I do know for a fact that there are a lot of green jobs out there. Um, in 21 alone, there were 255,000 jobs created just just from solar Here in alone. No nationwide. And you're going to try to funnel some of that. Yes, My, a, a, abs, absolutely. So Pearl's passion, one of Pearl's top passions is clean energy and green energy. It's, it's what I'm hearing. Co- correct. Okay. Correct. So I'm connected to the community. I'm connected to the state house. I'm connected to the White House. And that's another thing that makes me a unique candidate. How, how, you ha- how do you have oh, those connections? Whoa, 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 okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. you go there. Okay. I, I need to answer. She. I need to get the question. I need to get the answer from this first question. You said you want to reduce poverty in the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. How do you plan to do that? So once again, investing in our young people. Uh, per the data of the Memphis Chamber, Memphis has the largest young black tech talent community in the country, and so we want to keep them here. We want to ensure that they are employed with competitive wages and then simultaneously if we could make Memphis become a the national a national hub for black tech talent in the country we could increase our GDP by 30 billion dollars annually so, and so it's about it's about employing people. It's about giving people viable livelihoods, where they are, whether they are a high school graduate or a college graduate or they have a master's degree, whether they want to work for someone or have their own business. But it's about investing in our young people and providing them with opportunities. A qu- question for you on that one. You say the Memphis Chamber published that study that we have the highest black tech in the country? I did not say they published a study. I said 
per the Memphis Chamber. And so I got that information directly from their president and CEO, Ted Townsend, in a presentation. I have been hearing that over the last year constantly. Now, I haven't seen those numbers. And quite honestly, that's hard for me to believe, but only because I don't see it, right? But I'm not in those circles either. You are. Right. And that's and when you said it. Going back to disseminating information. It could be that black tech in America is abysmal and we're we're one of the best right. but i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm good you know why are you good i mean i said i'm, I'm trusting on you for this i, I just said, said i'm good something. with the question get on my nerves Silly. okay pearl <laughs> so i guess our very last question for you is and this is a personal question how are you feeling now that we're in the midst of early voting. Can I have one more question? Okay. Can, can I answer mine first? I want right. yours to be the last. Okay. Well, I'm he sorry. Is, I'll retract my question. I want right. to be the last. Come on. Pearl. <laughs> okay. The city council, I know you're one vote. And I know the, speaking of crime, Memphis, and the topic of the day, the city of Memphis, Chief of police works at the discretion of the mayor, right? But if for some reason something happens and the lawsuit is abound or whatever, yada, 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 and the vote, it comes up for vote. It gets stuck in there and it comes up for vote. Um, how does how does Pearl vote on uh, C.J. Davis as the chief of police? Wow. So um, C.J. Davis is currently under investigation, and so once that data the department of her or her her okay and her her role her job and so once that information that data comes back then that will definitely be a part that would be a part of my decision i would look at that from an hr perspective and you know hopefully not take you know have personalities and emotions involved with that cuz it's about it's about the job and doing the job correctly. And yeah, so so I would want I would want that data before I I would want that data. And we yeah. and, and by the time that would occur, that data would be present. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that my dis, my vote would solely be based on that, but I would That's want the, I would want that information. That's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just had to ask that question because it's 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 been a question. Go ahead. I do have a question. Is Martavis Jones, is he on the city council? Yeah, and he's termed out. Okay, hold on a second. Yeah, because this needs to the next question. So, um, I'm, was about a month ago, um, I guess they had some kind of birthday party, and the funds that were used for this birthday party and everything, this lavish birthday party was funded by the city for another council member. Did y'all understand it? I have not heard about yeah. it. First, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. So, um, Pearl, I do have a question. Right. So, as a city council person, Will you be railing against accountability of these citizens' dollars? Just repeat the question. Just the way you said it. I just need to be clear. Are you going to be holding holding your other city council members, your uh, uh, partners in crime, accountable for the people's money? Uh, that was that question was on the backdrop of this. I guess lavish party that mm-hmm. who had the lavish who party? Who had the, was it Martavis oh, or somebody stop. else? Okay. I will give y'all. I will, okay. later on. I will give y'all more details on that. But yes, like there's like this. There's a there's a thing going on with our money in our city. We keep saying that we broke, but we spending money like a drunken sailor. So I think I didn't say that we were broke. I didn't say you said we were broke. 
I didn't say you said I said we were broke. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, Woo! Okay. So my last question. Pearl, how are you feeling going into this these last few weeks of the race? I feel really good, but I don't want to take anything for granted. I'm I'm gonna we're gonna continue to work and chip away at this. Um because partially because of the redistricting process being delayed and off schedule, the process for endorsements started late and so we're still hearing back from endorsements some of these endorsements come with funds and so I'm still receive I'm still fundraising and still receiving funds from PACs and things like that so that's exciting um like I say you know it takes it takes money to do this and just to have this still taking place after early voting has started but we we're hopeful we're hopeful that we can win without a runoff but if we're in a runoff that's not necessarily a bad thing either but just it's just a whole lot more energy that's required and funds to do a runoff and then also People don't show up for runoffs, so it's going to be a low turnout as usual, and then even less than that. But thank you for that question. We're feeling real good about it. Do you think that there is going to be a high voter turnout for this race? Because there's so many people in in, in all of the races, not just District 3. We know the Mary Oreo races is very crowded. We know District uh, Super 8 District 3 is very crowded. Do you think that there will be a high voter turnout? And what would you say to encourage voters to come out and vote in general? I think the voter turnout will be somewhere between 19 and 26 percent. And so that's not high. And what I would say to people as to why they should vote. And I share this with people ongoing as it relates to voter apathy because when people say they don't vote that doesn't upset me you know I'm more interested as to why not but in a blanket statement this is what I want people to know is that beyond your four council representatives your one single and three super beyond your four council representatives all 13 of them are important because they all will vote on things that affect you And if you feel that voting doesn't matter and the elected officials don't matter, just know that they are voting on things, making decisions that affect your everyday lives, whether you vote or not. That's correct. Well, Jet, thank you, Pearl, for coming on and interviewing with us today. Thank you all. You're normally sitting in another seat, but but, uh, Jet. You have three questions. Pearl, at the end of every show, each of our first-time guests, I have three questions that would allow our audience to get to know our guests very, very, very intimately without having to ask such intimate questions, okay? And two caveats to these questions. One, they can't be any of your own work. And two, your answer cannot be the Bible. Yes, can come from the Bible, but the Bible is not an answer. All right, question number one. Pearl Walker, what is your favorite book and or author? Most recently, I would have to say My Grandmother's Hands, um, and I had to look that up because I wanted to get the author's name right, Resma Menikam, but that last name is M-E-N-A-K-E-M, and I apologize if I'm not um, 
pronouncing it correctly, but yeah, my grandmother's okay. hands. Um, subtitle: Radical Racialized Trauma and the Pathway to Mending Our Hearts and Bodies. Hmm. Okay. All right. Question number two: Your favorite movie and or television show? Ooh. Um. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say. Oh, that's a hard one. I'm glad you didn't practice on the question, <laughs> even though you knew they were coming. You know right. what? I, did, I thought I, for sure she had it written down. Me too. I, 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 didn't, I just I was waiting to get on her about looking down at her notes. Right? I'm like, oh, you ain't supposed to pre- prepare for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, off the top of my head, I would say um, Love Jones because it was a great love story. I thought it was well written. And Is that the movie with Tay Diggs? Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. He's in Lorenz Tate. There, there were, yeah, Tate. There were a few of my favorite actors in there, and yeah. I thought it was well-written. And just at the time it came out, just to see us, you mm-hmm. know, in a positive light like that. And Black Car Revoke moment. I've never watched Love Jones. Oh, that my is God. A, that is I said I it I, I, I'm going to watch it, but mm-hmm. I've never watched it. I never and watched it, it was, you know, a love story <laughs> and a comedy mm-hmm. and a coming-of-age story as well. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Question number three. If I were to grab Pearl's keys, run out there and hop in her ride, turn on that radio, listen to your MP3, 8-track, CD player, whatever you got. (laughs) Right? Let's just go. Let's just go. I don't even have to ask that. What what a Jet going to be listening to in Pearl's Pearl's ride? (laughs) It's going to be more than likely V101 FM Memphis, um, R&B and old school. R&B and old school. You smell, that sounds like a commercial. All right, yeah. V101. V- 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 <laughs> Memphis, R&B. Old, 101 old, old, old school, school. R&B. Right? With but, Bobby Brown. With Bobby Brown, yeah. With I'm the best of, that, Bobby right? best of Bobby Brown. <laughs> best of Bobby Brown. Because that ain't going to be on your CD. That ain't going to be what you select. That's what your station is automatically on. But what you would select in your player is probably going to be Don't be cool. And and for clarity to our listeners, I am a Bobby Brown fan. I have been one. I don't. I don't think you're a fan. Since all the way back, too cold to cold. I don't think you're a fan. (laughs) I think stalking is almost mm. all right. All in all, it's been a ball. We're glad you stopped in, Pearl. Anything you want to leave the audience with before you tell people how to get in touch with you, Pearl? Yes. So um, that's votepearlwalker.com. Email walkergroup901 at gmail.com. Um, the number is 901-574-554. And thank you all. Vote Pearl Walker for City Council District 3. I'm a pearl with a passion for this community. Let me take my passion for the community to City Hall and affect policy that affects each and every one of us. Thank you all so much for having me today. All right. All in all, it's been a ball. It looks like we're getting smaller and smaller. Because we're getting farther and farther away. Holla. A double, double check. check. <laughs> oh, wow. Not the red girl won't get in Double Jack came out with it. Oh, double Jack. Double Jack. This has been a 118 Media Production.